When reading about the atomic bombings in Japan, it's easy to be distressed, upset, uh, astonished. And a couple of years ago, I found a reference to something particularly distasteful concerning Nagasaki. In 1946, I read, only nine months after the bomb had dropped, Nagasaki held a beauty contest to crown Miss Atom Bomb. Now, I'm sure these days most of us find beauty pageants a bit demeaning, but this one just takes the biscuit, surely. Except it didn't happen. There was no contest to crown Miss Atom Bomb in Nagasaki. So what did happen there in May 1946? Why was there a contest in the city to find beautiful girls dressed in splendid kimono? And why was the Takarazuka dance hall packed with American GIs ready to judge the girls? Why was the winner presented with roses by the beaming Americans? And what did it all mean for the public perception of this terrible new weapon, the atomic bomb, the fat man, which had just, a few months ago, destroyed half of the city. Let's start then with the facts. A beauty contest was held in Nagasaki in 1946, nine months after the bomb. It was suggested by the occupying Americans, but the resulting publicity and the search for pretty young ladies was done by local Japanese newspapers. I suppose the Americans didn't want to make it seem too much their idea, so locals were roped into joining and supporting it. But it was totally an American idea. They suggested it, they judged the contest, and they provided the prizes. But as far as the surviving population of Nagasaki were concerned, this was a local idea to boost morale and to reinforce ideas of Japanese beauty and civility by presenting pretty, demure, educated, accomplished young ladies in traditional Japanese dress who would go on to become wholesome wives and mothers and raise the next generation and thereby suggest a future for battered and defeated Japan. Nice idea, I suppose, but it had American fingerprints all over it. This beauty contest was to find Miss Nagasaki. There was no hint of it being an atomic bomb-themed contest, and certainly there was no intention to bestow upon the winner the hideous title Miss Atom Bomb. No, this misunderstanding arose from a story about the contest in the American serviceman's magazine Pacific Stars and Stripes where photos of the event were captioned as Miss Atom Bomb. Years later, these photos were rediscovered and published in a Japanese book, which repeated the error that the contest was to find and to crown Miss Atom Bomb. The Japanese book in the 80s uh, expressed distaste at the name, obviously, saying, quote, it somewhat rubs the Japanese national feelings the wrong way. It was only in 2005 when a Japanese journalist did some digging that he found the error. 
There was no Miss Atombaum. There were only mistaken captions in a serviceman's magazine, which went uncorrected and unquestioned for years. But there's still plenty to discuss about the contest, even if it wasn't Miss Atombaum, even if it was Miss Nagasaki. And I must mention Masako Nakamura's article about this, called Miss Atombaum Contests in Nagasaki and Nevada, published in the US-Japan Women's Journal. This article shows us that even though the contest had the innocent title of Miss Nagasaki and had no direct link or reference to the atomic bombing, there is still plenty to think about. Nagasaki, by 1946, was full of American soldiers as part of the occupation. There was one GI for every six Japanese residents, and we can assume, of course, that brought tensions with it. For Japanese people, a humiliating defeat, a total defeat, two nuclear attacks, and now foreign soldiers on the streets. And so, one way to try and smooth things over and perhaps promote friendliness and social contact between the GIs and the locals, was this idea for a beauty contest. Now, we might imagine some drunk GIs at a bar suggesting the idea, not as a way to promote friendliness between the two countries, but as a way to ogle and meet some pretty girls, as an excuse for a a knees-up, whatever. But if we step back from that, that relatively innocent and very common, I suppose, that idea of blokes want to meet girls. If we step back from that and look at it in a wider context, the whole idea of the beauty pageant becomes a bit more sinister. Masako Nakamura says that this beauty contest, as well as various atomic-themed contests in America were done to throw a glamorous uh, feminine veil over the horror of the nuclear bomb. In the case of the Nagasaki contest, it might also have been done to perhaps ease any guilt or anxieties that the Americans might have felt at being in Nagasaki. A beauty contest means glamour and beauty and sophistication and health. Can such things exist in a destroyed city? A nuclear wasteland? Pretty girls who are well-fed, attractive, civilised, clothed in splendid kimono, discussing all their quaint and pretty little hobbies and their dainty interests? You don't get that in a nuclear hell. Look how pretty they are. Look how well-dressed. They're not wilting, they're not dying, they're not burned, they're not scarred, they're not traumatised. Because look how they parade and twirl and smile. So everything must be okay then, here in downtown Nagasaki. I stress that the contest was organised and held in downtown Nagasaki, because to the north, is the Urakami district. And if you've listened to my recent episodes on the bombing of Nagasaki, uh, Kakura's Luck and Purple Fire, 
you'll know that Urakami was ground zero. In fact, the Urakami area lies in a valley, and it was the shielding effect provided by the valley which allowed life in downtown Nagasaki to proceed in such a way that they could hold beauty pageants a mere nine months later. Downtown Nagasaki felt itself very separate from the Urakami Valley. And to add to the feeling of alienation attached to destroyed Urakami, Masako Nakamura's article tells us that many survivors from the Urakami area felt that people in the downtown district often had little sympathy for them. The Urakami area had a a different flavour and culture from the rest of the city, as it had a high proportion of Catholics. Indeed, Urakami Cathedral is often imagined to be directly at Ground Zero, and there are many haunting photographs of the ruined cathedral. The article goes on to say, quote, In the downtown area, a rumour was even spread that the bomb had been a manifestation of the fury of Shinto gods against Catholics, because they had never participated in the city's traditional Shinto festival. So the beauty contest, uh, this search for a woman who was pretty and fresh and civilised and untainted, that took place well away from ruined Urakami. Even though downtown Nagasaki had escaped the worst of the destruction, Life was still, of course, hard in the city, with food shortages an especially tough problem. And this is why we should fiercely question the motives of holding a beauty contest there. As said earlier, was it done to entertain bored young soldiers, far from their wives and sweethearts? Was it to try and build relations between the GIs and the locals? Was it to boost morale of the Nagasaki people? Or was it to mask the reality of life in the city and the reality of what the nuclear bomb had done? Of course, it's probably a mixture of all four, but if you look at the newspaper articles from the Japanese papers who were promoting the contest, then I favour the latter two more sinister reasons. It was surely done to suggest hope and renewal to the population by masking the horror and to suggest to everyone that life perhaps wasn't so dreadful in a city which had been hit by the atomic bomb. If we think of morale, listen to this from a local Nagasaki paper at the time. If women are beautiful, it will make all citizens cheerful and happy. And another paper spoke of the eventual winner of Miss Nagasaki as being a symbol of the city's renewal. It said she will be, quote, an excellent young lady who symbolises Nagasaki rising up from the ruins and who will revive the desolate spirits of the citizens. Again, implication there that things can be patched up and made cheery by a, a pretty face. So therefore the implication, the city isn't ruined, so the bomb can't be that bad. Nakamura's article also suggests that the beauty contest would be a specific boost perhaps to Japanese men who might have had their pride deeply wounded by the defeat, of course, and 
Also, by the presence of so many foreign men, foreign soldiers, on their streets. And so it might have helped their wounded pride to see these foreign men admire the beauty and accomplishments of their Japanese women. Women who were dressed in traditional Japanese clothing, with traditional Japanese hairstyles, and who, as was reported, would list amongst their interests things like the Japanese tea ceremony. So these women are reinforcing and glamorising the traditional Japanese styles and traditions. So perhaps that might have helped the wounded pride of Japanese men. Nakamura reminds us, and I thought this was particularly interesting, that female beauty was often put to such uses during the Second World War. We think, of course, of the American GIs with their pin-ups of Betty Grable. That was their reminder of pretty girls back home they were seeking to defend and protect and whom they might go home to if they could win the war. <laughs> I suppose you could imagine it was uh, Betty Grable waiting for you back home and not plain old Sally and Mary and Susie. <laughs> but she goes on to explain, and I didn't know about this, this seems quite ludicrous, but Nakamura's article says that the famous Betty Grable pin-ups were also given to Japanese and German prisoners of war as a kind of uh, propaganda. As they languished in imprisonment, uh, cold, hungry, dirty, defeated, these uh, posters were available, which allowed them to behold in their defeated state the (laughs) unarguable splendour of the American woman, the supposed superiority of American values and way of life all symbolised in that famous Betty Grable image. So yes, the contest, the Nagasaki Beauty Contest, could have gently suggested to others that life in Nagasaki was not so terrible because the photographs of the pageant would show, and did show, pretty women without burns or scars or missing limbs, women who were not visibly starving, Women who were kitted out in splendid Japanese kimonos when, in reality, of course, such finery was in drastic short supply in Nagasaki in 1946, as was food. But these photographs suggest the complete opposite. These photographs say that everything's fine. As the American GIs and the Japanese men gathered at the packed Takarazuka dance hall to see the winner crowned, he could have been forgiven for thinking that no nuclear bomb had ever dropped on this city. Maybe it was all a horrible dream, you might think, as the exquisite Miss Yamamura walked towards you. The 19-year-old from downtown Nagasaki, the winner, Miss Nagasaki, a pretty young dressmaking student in a splendid kimono who has been crowned Miss Nagasaki and who is awarded a bouquet of roses and a lacquered jewellery box by the Americans. Such a flawless and healthy young thing. So there can be no hunger here. No scars, no radiation sickness, no fear behind the eyes that she might be developing this terrible leukaemia that so many people in Hiroshima and Nagasaki had been recently diagnosed with. These terrible new illnesses were just starting to be recognised and reported and of course brought to us in the West by the brilliant John Hersey article in the New Yorker, simply called Hiroshima. 
This was the first real indication brought to all of us ordinary folk that something awful was unfolding over there. It wasn't just a bomb. It was a bomb which had unleashed a legacy of terrible illnesses. But in the Takarazuka dance hall, you can throw back a few beers, raise your glass to Miss Yamamura, and forget all about it. I'm going to do an episode now on American atomic-themed beauty contests. These took place in the 50s in Nevada, and in contrast to Miss Nagasaki, they were bluntly and very obviously and very proudly connected to the atomic bomb with the winners. (laughs) It's ludicrous, of course, but the winners wearing uh, bikinis shaped like an atomic mushroom cloud uh, or wearing a concoction on their heads a ridiculous hat shaped like a mushroom cloud. So I will um, do a podcast episode about those. I'll do that during the week as a bonus podcast episode for patrons. So um, if you sign up to my Patreon at £3 or above, you get access to these uh, bonus extra episodes. There are three already waiting for you. If you go to patreon.com forward slash atomic hobo, and I will do another, as I say, during the week about American... (laughs) atomic bomb themed beauty contests and what they tell us about the public's attitude to the bomb. So please take a look at patreon.com forward slash atomic hobo. We've got one about Greenham Common, one about uh, the day after and one about a nuclear themed Christmas carol which I put out on Christmas Eve just to give everyone a nice festive glow. So let me say hello and thank you to my new patrons who've signed up over the past fortnight. Hello and thank you to Christopher Moore, Luke Vesey, Hannah Herman, Mark Ferguson, Nicola Vogler, Ben Stevie Turnbull and Kirsty Walne. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, bonus episode, as I say, on Wednesday for patrons. And remember you can find me on Twitter at Julie A. McDowell, on Facebook as Nuclear Britain or at my website, juliemcdowell.com. And I'll be back on Monday with another episode. <laughs>